Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 this is what paul said he said this in galatians chapter 6 be it far or, but but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our lord jesus christ by which the world has been crucified to me and i to the world i've got nothing to boast or brag about except jesus christ and him crucified that's the only thing i will boast in that's the only thing i will brag about because that's the only thing that is really worth boasting or bragging about james says don't be boastful and he also says don't be false to truth and this word is more than just telling a lie this word is someone who is a hypocrite who says one thing and does another you guys know people that are like that it's even more descriptive than that it's someone who who will exaggerate the truth in order to make themselves look better now uh, the other night and i can say this because pastor brett said this from, from right here behind this pulpit the other night, he was talking about the fishing trip and we all went out fishing. And before I get there, let, just so you know, I caught absolutely nothing, all right? So I've got no place to talk, okay? But he says he got his fish and the fish was a little smaller than he wanted. So in order to make the fish look bigger in the picture, he held the fish close to the camera and he was back here, right? He's exaggerating the truth to make the catch look bigger than it was. That's what this word is talking about. Don't be that guy. Don't be the one that embellishes the truth on your resume. Don't be the one that talks about how big the fish is when it really isn't that big. Here's the thing, the, the scripture's clear, that the people who, who are, are false to the truth more often than not are the most religious people. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus warned about this. And let me read to you a couple of verses. You don't have to turn there, but I'm gonna read this to you. He says this, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Translation, be careful of who your audience is as you're trying to be righteous, as you're practicing your religion, as you're worshiping before the Lord. Be mindful of who your audience is. And he goes on, this is what he says. He says, uh, for then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet like the hypocrites, but you give in secret. He goes on and he says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray on the street corners as loud as they can. You go to your quiet place and pray. Listen, if the only time you pray is here in church and when you're given the opportunity, you stand up and you pray this really loud, beautiful prayer, but you have no prayer life at home, you're being false to the truth. You're being a hypocrite. You're exaggerating, embellishing the truth to make yourself look better in front of other people. God sees and knows your heart. You understand that, right? 
Jesus would go on in Matthew chapter six and he says, when you fast, don't fast like the hypocrites who disfigure themselves, who, who don't bathe or shower. They want everyone to see how dirty they are so that they know, hey, look how spiritual that guy is. He's fasting. Jesus said, when you fast, you make sure that you cleanse yourself. You make sure you, you look no different than normal because your father who sees in secret is watching. Who's your audience? You see, if you walk into the room and that's the kind of game you're playing, if you walk into the room and you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition and you're boastful and, and you're exaggerating the truth, that's not wisdom that comes from God. It's not from above. That kind of wisdom is earthly. Now, listen to this. If you're taking notes, I want you now to look at the origin of wisdom. There's two kinds of wisdom that we can have. The first origin of wisdom that we can have is an earthly wisdom. The word earthly means natural, that which is fleshly, that's what, which I can muster or figure out on my own. I don't want that kind of wisdom. Paul describes the old man in Colossians chapter three and he says that the old man, we should put off the old man and his deeds, that we should literally unzip the old man, step out of the old man and zip on the new man. That old man is dead, that old man is gone. The way I used to figure things out in the flesh is gone. Last week, Pastor Walter preaching, many of you will remember this. He said there was a guy trespassing at the church, right? And he was talking about escorting him off. And he says, I remembered how the flesh used to do things. I still remember the old way. And there's this battle that's raging within each of us. And the old man wants to come up and the old man wants to take control. But that old man has been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20 says. That old man is no longer alive, but Christ lives in me, Galatians 2.20 says. In Romans chapter 6, it says that that old man has been buried in baptism with Jesus and I've been risen a new person right? That old man is gone. And if you're going to truly have the wisdom that God wants you to have, you're not going to be able to do it in the flesh. It's not going to happen. It cannot happen. You have to let the flesh die. You have to get rid of the flesh. The moment someone comes against you, the moment you're met with a trial, do you feel the flesh coming back up? Do you all, do all of a sudden you start sounding like a thug again or something, right? Those words start coming back into your mind and you start trying to connive things and manipulate things and try to figure it out in your flesh. That is not of the Lord. That is not from above, James says. Don't be that guy. That old man is dead. He describes it as earthly, but then he says it's unspiritual. The spirit isn't involved in it. It is all fleshly. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural person, the earthly person, the fleshly person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness or folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. I don't want to be that unspiritual guy. I don't want to be that one still struggling with the flesh. I don't want to be the guy still trying to manipulate and figure things out on my own. I want God to speak to me. I want God to reveal truth to me and I want that for you. So that kind of wisdom is earthly, it's unspiritual, then it's demonic. You, you realize that the enemy's purpose is to distract you from the truth that God wants you to receive. Even right now in this moment, there's some of you that are being distracted by your responsibilities or by some conflict that you have in your life or some issue that's waiting for you when you leave. The enemy's trying to steal the seed. That, that kind of wisdom that is, that, that, that is selfish, that is uh, ambitious, that is boastful, that is prideful, that is arrogant, 
that is unspiritual, that is fleshly, that is, that, that is demonic. That is from the pits of hell to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. It's not from the Lord. So we see this kind of, of wisdom, but there's a contrast that can be had. There's also wisdom that can be heavenly. Look at what James says here. So he describes an earthly wisdom, but now he's gonna descri- describe a heavenly wisdom. And he says this, verse 17, the wisdom from above, the wisdom from heaven is first pure. Now, as we read this, I want you to write a couple verses down. Write down Galatians chapter five, verses 19 through 23. And in that, you're gonna see a contrast between the works of the flesh, doing things the natural man wants to do, and the fruits of the spirit, being led by the spirit, attributes and activity that the spirit wants to lead you in. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through eight. You're gonna see Paul's description of what love should look like. And as we read this list of what wisdom should look like, I want you to compare that wisdom should look like love, should look like the fruits of the Spirit. The description is very similar in every circumstance, okay? So now, James is gonna give us this description. This is what heavenly wisdom looks like. First off, it is pure. The word describes that which has been ceremonially cleansed washed so that it can be used in worship of Yahweh. That's what it describes. Now, you and I both understand that to cleanse the outside of the cup and leave the inside of the cup is, is insane, right? How many of you would, would clean the outside of the cup and leave the junk in the inside and still expect to use that cup? No. Jesus warned the religious people. He said, you guys put on a show. You, you, you put on this facade. You put on your bright, smiling face. You put on the long robes and you come into the, the, the assembly in the sanctuary and you give your praises before God and on the outside, you look like the total package. Like you have it all together, but the inside is vile and filled with every evil practice. You hypocrites, first clean the inside of the cup, then worry about the outside. Don't worry about making sure your hair looks just right, that your beard is oiled up, that your clothes are pressed just perfect. Don't worry about that until you make sure your heart is ready to show up here. Now, this word became a word that was described not only of that which is ceremonially clean, but that which was cleansed to the point that it could approach God. I want that to be able to be said of me. That the intent of my wisdom is so pure that I don't have to hide from the Lord. If ever, listen to me, this is like where the rubber meets the road type of stuff. If ever you've made a decision and you feel shame, like you wouldn't want the Lord to know you made that choice or you said those words, you need to make a change. You need to fix it. Because if the wisdom is from above, if the wisdom is heavenly, you won't feel that shame. You will be pure. You'll be able to approach God. You won't feel like you need to run and hide. Are you following me? So wisdom that is from above is first pure. Second, it is peaceable. The word peaceable refers to having right relationships. And it refers to a right relationship with God, but also a right relationship with the people in your life. And if you're seeking godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom, your relationships in life will generally be in order. Yeah, I'm not saying every single time because there are instances where maybe the other person isn't uh, responding to, to, to God's call in their life to, to submit or to forgive or to surrender or whatever it might be. But here's the thing. Peace is evident with those, in the lives of those who are exercising godly wisdom. So first, it is pure. Second, it is peaceable. And then third, I love this word because it, it's more descript than even the, the English translation here can describe. The word gentle. 
We can't really find an accurate translation in the English. So the, the translators translated this gentle. But the word uh, is described by Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, is this. That which is beyond the written law, he describes it as justice, but better than justice. Matthew Arnold uh, re- remarked of this word for gentle that we have here in the Greek as being sweet reasonableness. Let me explain to you what this word is describing. It's describing the person who knows when to follow the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. Let me give you an example. In our own lives, we have speed limits. And I know every single one of you in this sanctuary today always follows the speed limit, right? None of you ever go faster than the speed limit. Now, here's the thing. There, there may be a time when speeding is appropriate. If you have a pregnant woman in the back of your car, I expect you to be speeding, right? You're gonna have to break that law because it's important that you get this person to the hospital on time. There's a difference between the spirit of the law and the letter of the law, all right? Maybe you have children here and, and this is something that you as parents, you have to figure out because if you always follow the letter of the law, There's no grace at all. Sometimes the spirit of the law has to take precedence over the letter of the law. If your child is is late, if they don't make curfew, have you asked why? Is there a good reason? Is it plausible that maybe they were doing something that was maybe bringing glory to the Lord and maybe you need to overlook that transgression this one time? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, we, we all understand that the 10 commandments say that we should not lie. But husbands in the room, if your wife comes to you and she says, do these pants make my butt look big? (laughs) This might be an opportunity for you to follow the spirit of the law, right? Following the letter of the law will probably not do you very good in this moment, okay? No one wants to hear the truth in that case, all right? So there's a difference. And so here's the thing. In order to be able to follow the spirit of the law, you have to have the lawgiver's heart. I can't follow the spirit of the law if I don't know and understand God's heart. I want to have God's heart. That's what this word gentle means. That's what godly wisdom is like. It understands when when to be a stickler, when to follow the letter of the law, when to to not give any ground, and when maybe it's time to think about what's the purpose of the law should I give in this moment? And here's the thing. In, In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus was approached by the religious leaders, and they brought with them a man who had a withered hand. And They asked Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And it happened to be a Sabbath day because the law said that you should not work on the Sabbath. So they're asking Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Oh, look, here's a guy who needs healing. And they're trying to trap Jesus because if he he heals the man, he's, he's breaking the law. If he doesn't heal the man, he's not being compassionate. And so Jesus tells a story and he says, which of you, if you had a sheep that were to fall into a ditch, wouldn't climb into the ditch to pull the sheep out of the ditch on the Sabbath? Isn't this man more valuable than the sheep? And so Jesus says, stretch out your hand and he heals the man's hand. That's sweet reasonableness. That's gentleness. That's knowing when to follow the spirit of the law. Are you following me? I don't want a church full of legalists. I don't want a church full of people who've memorized the Ten Commandments but don't know the heart of the God who wrote them. We need to have God's heart. That's what heavenly wisdom looks like. It's to understand where God is coming from and what he intends and what he wants from it. See, here's the thing. You and I, we judge people based upon their words and upon their actions. But when it's our turn to be judged, we want to be judged based upon the intent of our heart. 
Well, but that's not what I meant to say. Or, I, I didn't mean it that way, or, or that came across wrong. We, we don't give anybody else grace, but we want grace when it's our turn. Be careful, because the scripture says in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus said, with what measure you use to judge someone else, the same measure is going to be used to judge you. I need mercy, so I want to give mercy. So this type of heavenly wisdom, it's, it's got purity, it's got peacefulness, it's got gentleness, it's open to reason. It, it's not so stubborn that it can't be reasoned with. It doesn't dig its heels in and say, no, I'm right and there's no other option. Abraham Lincoln gave an order to his secretary of war during the Civil War and he wanted to move regiments of troops into another area. And when the order came to the secretary of war, the secretary of war, he, he refused to, to carry out Lincoln's orders. And he said, I will not do this because Lincoln is a fool. And word made it back to Lincoln. And Lincoln heard those words that, hey, your secretary of war says that he's not going to do this because you're a fool to do this. And Lincoln said, I will go hear this for myself. If he says I'm a fool, I likely am a fool. He knows war better than I do. How many of you are suffering in your marriage or in some relationship in your life because you're unwilling to reason you're unwilling to yield. You're unwilling to admit when you're wrong. You're digging your heels in and you're not gonna say you're sorry first because they need to say they're sorry first. You're not going to blink because they haven't blinked. You're not going to love because they haven't loved. That's stubbornness. That is not wisdom that is from above. That is not wisdom that is open to reason. The next description of it there is that it's full of mercy. We have no problem showing mercy or compassion to a child that is suffering from cancer, dying on their sickbed. But when we see an alcoholic hooked up to a dialysis machine, we have no compassion, why? Because in our hearts we say they deserve everything they're getting. It's the consequences of their choices, the consequences of their sin. Listen to me, that is not wisdom that is from above. That is not true mercy or compassion. True mercy or compassion is compassionate even when the, the, the suffering is self-inflicted. Are you really, truly compassionate towards people that are lost? The disciples had to be taught this. Jesus was walking into a city and no one received and no one gave him any attention and the disciple says, do you, do you want us to call down fire to consume these people? And Jesus rebuked them. That's not having a compassionate heart. This is what it says in Luke chapter six. Jesus said, love your enemies, do good and, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the most high, for he is kind and grateful, he, for he is, excuse me, for he is, he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. I want that kind of wisdom. I want wisdom that has purity and peace and gentleness, that is open to reason, that is full of mercy, and then it talks about how this type is full of good fruit. Again, remember in the beginning, we talked about the sower sowing the seed. If your place is secure in the kingdom, you're going to bear fruit. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go bear fruit. John 15, this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Jesus' heart for you is that you bear fruit. 
that people can look at your life and they can find something life-giving in your branch, that you really truly understand the gospel to the point that it has changed you, that you're no longer living the same lifestyle, that your life has been changed, that your choices have been changed, that your words have been changed, that the way you see other people has been changed. Are you living a worldly wisdom or are you looking towards a heavenly wisdom to govern your choices? And so this morning, this brings us to our third point. And I'm gonna give it all to you so we can wrap it up here. It's the outcome of my choices. Poor choices will lead to disorder, but wise choices will lead to peace. Read this text with me one more time. Verse 16 of James chapter three. For where, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. The word disorder means conflict. It means more than just conflict. It means a conflict that is harsh. It means a turbulent con- uh, conflict. It means that there's things that are, that are disorganized in your life. It, it literally means confusion and rebellion and violent rioting. If that is the way you feel your life is today, when you look in that mirror of God's word and you see that there's disorder and conflict and rioting and rebellion and insurrection, that is not from the Lord. That is from the enemy. That's the consequences. That's where the the fruit of your flesh will lead you. You don't want to be fleshly like that. You don't want to be natural like that. That's the outcome of poor choices, of following the, the, the fleshly, earthly wisdom. But there is a contrast. There's an alternative. And that's if you make wise choices, it leads to peace. Look at that last verse, verse 18. Or actually pick it up in verse 17. But the wisdom... From above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is where the rubber meets the road, friends. You can tell where you're at with the Lord when you look in the mirror. And if you see that the outcome of your life is filled right now, if, you, if your life right now, this moment, is filled with chaos and confusion and disorder and, and, and issues, then could it be that you're following the wrong wisdom? But if you look into your life, if you look into that mirror of God's word and you see that your life reflects peace and tranquility and, and, and God's presence, then you know that you're following after a, a heavenly wisdom. You're following after God's wisdom. And God has blessed you with peace. See, every single one of us this morning has a responsibility before the Lord. And all I can do is give you the tools. All I can do is give you the knowledge. I can't make you be wise. I can give you what God's word says, but you have to apply it for yourself. No one else can do that for you. And James's concern is just the same as mine, that there are only one in four people in this room, possibly, that truly have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only one in four that truly get it, that their life has truly been changed by the gospel, that have had an encounter with the glory of God and their life is altered for the rest of history because of it. You have a responsibility this morning to do what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Examine yourselves. Look long and hard in the mirror to see whether or not you are in the faith. 
test yourselves or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope that you will find out that we have not failed the test. You need to look in the mirror this morning. Does my, is my life characterized by selfishness? Is my life characterized by like the flesh? Is my life characterized by disorder? Or is my life characterized by meekness? Is my life characterized by, by giving of myself away? Is my ca- life characterized by peace? Because you'll know exactly where you're at if you look long and hard enough in the mirror. You need to examine yourselves this morning. No one else can do that for you. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977